Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you're listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunding community. How is everybody doing out there? How are the campaigns going? Huh? You guys watching those backers coming in? You know, logging into the account every day? Checking it out, sending emails, backer updates, all that sort of stuff, man. Exciting stuff. So we got a brand new week. You know, we're into April. Starting to get a little warmer out. It's uh, a little chillier here today. I think it's supposed to rain, but yesterday was a nice day. We got the yard all picked up, picking up sticks, right? Big job. I didn't do it, though. I, I had to work. The wife did it, though, which is nice, you know? Getting a little bit of, getting a little bit of yard support. I don't get a lot of that. You know, don't get a lot of yard support. The children are too young. I do see the benefits, though, of once those kids are a little older, of that's going to be a major chore for them. Hey, guys, you got to get that yard done. That would be nice to get that off my plate. But we're not there yet, right? So coming up on today's episode, that's probably what you're wondering about. You're like, hey, should I go farther? You know, who, who who's Jeff going to be talking to later? You know, you're, you're trying to make a big executive decision right now as to whether or not you want to deep dive into a full-on podcast from the Woodshed Agency and myself or, hey, have I had enough? So let me give you that info. Today, I'm going to be talking to uh, Paul, and that's P-A-A-L, right? Yeah, spelled a little bit differently. Um, and his last name is Friel, F-R-I-E-L-E, and he created the Berg the ultimate minimalist timepiece. So we're going to be talking watches again. Very, very cool story um, uh, about how uh, Paul created this. He's over in Norway. Um, how he left a a previous startup to jump into the watchmaking world, right? You don't just do that every day. Uh, but he's had huge success, man. He's up around $80,000 US. He's got uh, eight days to go. So if you're interested in getting a, a really cool watch, this is the time. And I'll tell you, what you're going to dig too is go check out the Kickstarter. Go watch the video because we're going to be talking about a very cool way that he's working with um, Icelandic salmon leather for the watch straps. I know I said that. Salmon leather. I don't think you're going to hear that every day. So hopefully I've just convinced you to deep dive, right? Hey, you're like, man, you know what? I got time. Let's, let's go. Jeff, let's get to the interview. Well, before we get to the interview... I think I got to give you some info on what's going on with me, right? You know, I, I'm a narcissist, right? I got to talk about myself. And that's, you know, I just got to do it, right? It's, it's, it's for me, you know, this is my therapy, like I've said. I, uh, you know, starting my week off with, you know, here's what's going on with me. So let's, let's jump into it. So I will let you guys know that yesterday I was playing a very enthusiastic one-on-one uh, -on -one football game with my son Atticus in the yard. And as I was um, running to score a unbelievable touchdown, I decided to pull a Walter Payton slash Adrian Peterson spin move on my son. I mean, I just wanted to I just wanted to break his ankles. And what ultimately happened was I hurt myself. So I have one of those great stories. And this will be my second major dad story here of of me attempting to do something that I'm not capable of doing anymore. But man, if this spin move was on ESPN. It would definitely be in a top 10 play. Now, what happened was is my foot got stuck in the yard, um, and it twisted my ankle up high pretty good and my right knee. So both of those are hurting today, and I've got a small limp. I mean, I'm powering through, right? I'm still I'm still being a man and, and, uh, and powering through this injury, but yeah, it hurts a little bit. And there's a certain way if I put my um, leg as I'm walking that my foot will just literally give out. So I've got that going on, which is nice, but man, if only you could have seen the spin move. And no, this six-year-old, he wasn't going to tackle me. Uh-uh. No, he wasn't. Nah, there's just no way. I was so fast. So I had that happen to me last night. So I feel great about that. I'm excited to maybe j jump in the shower and, you know, you know kind of push maybe some of the fluid that's starting to collect on my leg right now. You know, I don't even know if that's possible, but that's what's in my mind of my, my uh, physical therapy. I got to get the physical therapy. I want to be ready for next week's game, right? I want to be ready. So... So that happened last night. I also had a really weird day on Friday. Have you ever had one of these days where you just cannot focus and you can't get stuff done? I, have, I don't know what it is. My, my inkling is I fell into a uh, – well, man, I powered through two seasons of a show called Love on Netflix – 
And that could have been the problem is that that show just literally sucked up my life for, you know, like seven days straight. But Friday, man, I could not pull it together. I took a couple B12 uh, vitamins just to see if that would help. I drank some Coke. That didn't help. Man, I just could not find the focus. Now, I still got my stuff done. I don't think I got it done very well. I had more to-dos that I just didn't get done. But man, I don't know. That was a weird, really weird day, this sort of cloud and funk. I had it all day. I went out to dinner with the family afterwards. I just I couldn't shake it. I just ended up going to bed kind of early. I, I, I actually feel okay. Um, but man, I don't know if you guys have ever had that. But boy, did that come on like a freaking dark cloud on, um, uh, on Friday. So what I was mentioning, though, is, man, check out the show Love. I, I really... You know, it, it's good. I don't know. I thought it was good. Um, kind of two unknown actors. I don't think they're that well known. And of course, I learned it from Mark Marin's podcast, um, uh, the lead actor, who I, of course, I don't have that information in front of me because my show prep, my intern, where's my intern, did not get me the info. Um, but just go on Netflix, search Love. Um, it's one of the newer series that's out. And I don't know. I dug it. And I think it's because I related a lot to the lead character in terms of awkwardness. Um, the fact that everybody thinks I'm Jewish. I, I deal with that my entire life. I mean, Aaron's, my wife's, you know, she thought I was Jewish for the longest time. I'm not. My last name's Wenzel. It's German. My, my grandma's name is Stumpmeyer. I don't think you get more German than these things. But yeah, so I got the big nose. I got the awkwardness. I got the too intense around people. So I, I related a lot to this lead character. A lot. So there was a bit of this, like, I think I'm watching like my past relationships or how I got into relationships literally in front of me. Um, so interesting show. I, I recommend checking it out. It's on the Jeff Wenzel recommended list. So if you guys take to the Jeff Wenzel um, recommendations, then yeah, you should be watching this as soon as you listen to this. So the other big thing this week is I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure we should have an episode on Thursday, but we're kind of playing it by ear right now because on Wednesday, uh, my kids are having surgery, both of them. So I've got a pretty packed day on Wednesday in terms of just being super dad. Um, and it's not major surgery. The kids are just getting some tubes in their ears. We're, gonna, we're, we're still on this journey of getting them healthy. Um, so we're, we're going to see what happens here. I guess it, I, I found out that it's kind of odd that, 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 that they're older, that they, that they need to get these things. But um, but yeah, so I've, I've got to be at the hospital at like six in the morning on Wednesday, and and that's just a full time thing taking a uh, a six and a three year old in for um for some surgery. Now we'll we'll be home, you know, and all that stuff and resting. But you know, big day. So that's on my mind. I mean, I sh- it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a major. Um, oh oh, I just bumped the mic. It shouldn't be a major sort of uh, surgery. It's not. That's what everybody's told me. I mean, we've literally talked to everybody about this and, you know, Googled as much as humanly possible. So not a major surgery. It's just that that's Wednesday. And then we got spring break going on. So the kids might be home on Thursday. So we just got a lot going on right now. And, um, you know, so yeah, that's on my mind too. So we got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on here, but hopefully the ankle starts to feel better so I can power through super dad week. Um, you know, uh, I've enjoyed the show. Love, watch that, and then kids have surgery. So that's 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 my that's my week. That's a that's a pretty big week. So, a couple things going to be announcing sooner than later about our new book. You are your own brand. I've already given it out to a few people, gotten a few few insights on it. People are digging it. If you're a business person, if you're into entrepreneurship, social media, marketing, that sort of stuff. There's a ton of ton of valuable information in this book, and there's a place for your notes. So we're, we're still putting together that launch sequence, so that should be coming up soon. If you're enjoying the podcast, you guys know what to do. Go tell a friend, right? Tell friends. Tell other people. Hey, they tell good stories over here at the successfully funded podcast by the, the agency Woodshed Agency. I just, that was a, yeah, there was a lot of agency in that sentence. But, uh, but check that out too. And if you want to join our community, uh, we've got a great Slack community right now. If you want to join there, um, shoot me an email. I can uh, help you out with that. We can get you logged in and uh, set up. But uh, all right, let's go ahead and kick my conversation with Paul about the Berg watches. And we're going to talk about Norway and Iceland and salmon, Right, we're gonna talk about salmon on this episode. We don't talk about that too often. So, all right, let's kick my conversation with Paul. Heretical in your front. 
All right, Paul, the red light's on. You know what that means, don't you? Yeah, game time. Game time. We're going to, I think our goal here is to make the greatest podcast episode ever. I think we can do it. What do you think? I very much look forward to this. I've never, never actually done a podcast before. I just oh, really? did them. So oh. it'll be very oh. interesting. Well, we'll jump in together. I've actually never done one either. <laughs> just yeah, kidding. I'm right. no, just, just kidding. <laughs> well, let's start off with, um, you know, uh, why don't you tell my listeners what your product is and uh, what you're doing on Kickstarter right now? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, in July, I quit my job to, uh, focus on creating the ultimate fashion watch. And, uh, so that's what I've been working on for eight months. And two weeks ago I launched it on Kickstarter and, uh, it's been a great success. It's, uh, it reached the goal in 38 minutes, which was incredible. (laughs) And, uh, I think it's getting close to like 400% now which uh, has been uh, really, really great. So, so uh, what, what makes the ultimate watch? It's all about like combining the... It's, it's not the ultimate watch. It's the ultimate fashion watch. Uh, fashion yeah, ultimate watch fashion is, watch. Uh, it's a watch that's... Uh, it shows the time. Uh, it lasts in design and in quality. And uh, it just uh, looks beautiful as well. So And that's... Cool. All I want is a watch that you don't have to throw away after two years because it stopped functioning or right. it breaks or it got water damaged or the straps are horrible or something like that. Sure. So, so where did this um, desire and, and love of making a watch start considering you, 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 know, you just quit your job and stuff for it? Yeah, so like uh, in 2014, I co-founded... Uh, company called Lustbox. It's a subscription box for men. And uh, we've been working with a lot of uh, different uh, fashion brands. And we've received a lot of watches from uh, different, uh, like Daniel Wellington movements and uh, other fashion watches coming out of, uh, coming on the market. But uh, I had some experiences that weren't too good with some of them, and I had some friends who had problems with uh, Gant watches. I had an Armani watch that broke, and so I thought it would could be uh, a market that could be improved. So, sure. uh, like my friends had water damage, so two of them had watches that stopped working. Mine, uh, the glass broke on the Armani watch, was, which was kind of an expensive watch. I really liked it too. Like, yeah. it, it's a great watch to look at. <laughs> right, right. Uh, when, the, when the glass isn't broken. Yeah, when the glass isn't broken. Yeah, yeah. And, and also I had some other experiences like the battery life on, on that watch actually had, uh, it lasted for a year and then I had to switch it. And it kind of sucks when you spend $430 on a watch and then you have to switch the battery after a year and then a year after that, the glass breaks and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, um, you know, so I, I really love the videos watching about the, the, um, the, the straps. Can we talk a little bit about, yeah. you know, what the straps are and, 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 and the process behind them? No problem. I just got actually the latest uh, prototypes, like with all the color finishes today. So oh, cool. uh, I've been out shooting some photos and getting really excited about the straps, actually. So yeah, um, the the straps are uh, they're fished on the Faroe Islands, and because uh, all the salmon, okay, let's start over. <laughs> they're, they're made out of salmon leather. From uh, the Faroe Islands, and uh, I've used the tannery on Iceland, which uh, was ranked Europe's number one tannery in 2016. And the reason that the fish is from the Faroe Islands is that all the salmon from uh, from Iceland is shipped or uh, sold with uh, the skin on, so they had to go to the closest island, which is the Faroe Islands. And uh, yeah, so it's a very unique material. It can be treated in uh, over 50 ways and you can color it in yeah, indefinite <laughs> amount yeah. of ways. And it, it's 
just uh, incredible material to work with and the looks of it it's so rough and different from uh, other leather that you usually see on the market right. so yeah I, I, I discovered it in uh, August actually the first time and uh, started like talking to some friends and then I got home to my grandma who I was staying with and she told me that during World War II they used the salmon leather for their shoes and wow I thought, yeah, this this could really be a cool thing to do, and uh, yeah, it's uh, people are really starting to talk about the salmon ladder, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was just wondering if you. I mean, I think you're at the 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 cusp of being a trendsetter for this because I couldn't imagine any other. I just have never seen anything like it. You know, when I was watching that video, I was like, I am blown away by this. <laughs> I just I've never even thought about it, and it looks the way it looked to me, just from afar. You know, just as a guy browsing Kickstarter, I was like man, that looks sweet. Like it just, it seems like it, I don't know. I've just never seen it before. I'm sure you're getting the same sort of reaction, which is probably why you're on the podcast and you're being successful. But <laughs> you know, where, where was that sort of first moment when you were sitting with it and you're like, this is real. This is cool. You know, this, yeah, this is like, great. Uh, I came across uh, some bags made out of salmon leather and uh, yeah, I had like the, the most common, uh, experience or like reaction that people have to it like you're like uh, how how does it work is it like right. regular leather does it smell like fish and that kind of stuff like everybody smells the straps that's the first <laughs> thing they do like everybody does it so i had to make like a kind of a little humor thing in the video in there for it and uh but yeah it's uh, actually three times as uh, strong as regular leather because it's cross fibers uh so it's very unusual material, and uh, yeah, as I said, like the roughness of it, and you can like the way you can treat the material, it's just amazing. So uh, the first time I got the samples, uh, I got so many different options. Like right now, I'm looking at one that's pretty glazed, and uh, the one I have on right now is uh, a little more rough material. And uh, what I like about the salmon leather and the watch straps is that the contrast between the watch and the straps is so unique and cool. And yeah. it reflects on the, the nature that is on the west coast of Norway, which is what I'm inspired by. Sure. So the beauty, beautiful dial and uh, the watch is uh, like the fjords. It's very clean and simple and then the mountains rise up and that's where the straps uh, come in and the rough material there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's a very unique watch when you look yeah, at no, it. Yeah, no, you're right. You're, you're spot on. You're right. So let's go back a little bit. So um, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Bergen, Norway. It's the rainiest city in Europe. Oh, so... <laughs> Always gloomy, huh? <laughs> yeah, it rained. Uh, let's see, it rained in 2015. It was 278 days of rain. Wow, that's a lot yeah. of rain. Interesting. That's a lot of rain. Uh, well, I, I'm in Detroit, and we're constantly gloomy. Out, you know, we have like four months that it's not dark and gloomy. Like it's, you know, gray right now. So we're we're constantly in gray skies. But uh, um, and, and then, so like, what did your parents do, or what do they do? Uh, my mom, she started working when I was six and uh, designed, started designing kitchens. And then uh, during the financial crisis, uh, they pretty much like the company went bankrupt. But my dad, he owns an accounting firm. So he went over the numbers and they took over the company. And so the people didn't have to yeah, leave their jobs. And oh, cool. uh, right now, it's a successful business and been doing really good for a lot of years. And uh, yeah, as I said, my dad, he has an accounting business that he's been doing for, I guess, uh, close to 30 years now. So so he's the entrepreneur, sort of, or, or both of them, it sounds like they, they both yeah, they're, they're pretty much both. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of, I have a lot of entrepreneurial blood in my family, like uh, uncles and <laughs> my grandfather and uh, both my grandfather as actually and yeah everywhere pretty much <laughs> <laughs> so you know so what's the entrepreneur like spirit like in norway right now is there is there a good programs for somebody like you to get involved in are there you know incubators you know what's There's a it lot like of uh, things popping up like the last couple of years i think it's like that in most 
parts of the world right now and mm-hmm. everybody wants wants to be an entrepreneur and uh, as Gary Vaynerchuk says like there's so many wannapreneurs and yeah. uh, for me like I'm struggling to find like my my place in uh, in the entrepreneur landscape because everybody's in tech and uh, developing apps and right. I'm here uh, yeah designing clothes and uh, watches yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah I don't find a lot of common ground with them but whenever I meet uh, designers and people who work, work in fashion it's always good and you can always learn from each other uh, and yeah maybe in the future I'll move to a place where there's more like fashion entrepreneurs but I always wish to bring other people who want to go into fashion and help them and uh, learn from each other and give advice to bring each other up so yeah for for me it's all about bringing norway to uh oh, yeah on the on the map the fashion map <laughs> right the fashion map so yeah. so what's you know since this sort of idea of of diving into making a physical product or a watch like this what what's been the biggest pivot that you've had to do over the last i don't know year or so you know where or a roadblock has there been a bit major roadblock where you just couldn't do something you wanted to do um i pivot like all the time uh i started out like I had two investors who really wanted to invest, and that's why I pretty much jumped into it. Uh, I've been had the thought for the watches for uh, close to uh, two years now, but I was in school. I was working a hundred percent on uh, a restaurant I was working at. I had Lustbox that was just starting up, and mm-hmm. so I didn't have enough time to go through with it. And then uh, when I finished my bachelor's degree. And I thought to myself, okay, what now? (laughs) Right. And uh, so I quit my job when these guys uh, approached me. But uh, after like two months of back and forth, we decided to go separate ways. And I was like thinking, should I just stop or should I just go? Or actually, I'd already quit my job. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah. Yeah, uh, so I had, I had some savings and uh, thought, okay, I, if I can get this product on Kickstarter or Indiegogo and really work hard before I launch, then I could do a pretty good campaign and uh, hopefully raise the funds to uh, mass produce the products. And uh, that's what I did. So, and then kind of the follow up to that is, where was that moment where you know you, you kind of looked and like this this is looking great, this is making sense, I've got the parts. Where was where was that? sort of major positive moment that kept you going uh, it's been uh there's been some bumps <laughs> every now and then but like the feeling has been pretty good uh like throughout the process so far like i haven't doubted myself it's uh, i've had people saying i'm too optimistic about it that i shouldn't uh, i had an expectation of reaching my goal in two hours and i reached it in 38 minutes but right. people told me that I, I shouldn't expect to reach it in yeah so fast and i'm like okay that just makes me want to do it even faster pretty much <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's for the Kickstarter campaign. My goal was actually when I started out, one hundred and fifty thousand kroner, and uh, then after like spending more and more on marketing pre-launch, and my ambition just became larger because I thought, okay, Kickstarter is a great campaign to raise the funds, but it's even better uh, for long-term marketing for people to see, okay. Uh, this product is in demand it's uh you can see like the comments and afterwards people will probably comment and that will pretty much be like reviews on a website so it's for people looking at the product before they buy it's a great platform for for them to gather a lot of information in a short period of time so 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 when you were you know Again, I'm always I'm always amazed at these stories of of kind of jumping into a, a new venture, a new idea. How did you start to investigate or you know find manufacturers or you know as we were talking about the straps, like like how did you start to na- navigate those roads and paths to to all of a sudden be a watchmaker? You know, I just don't feel like yeah. you just you don't just you don't just stop on a Monday and start it on a Tuesday. So, how, where was your kind of first steps and how, how did you manage that? 
Well, like with Last Box, we worked with uh, we worked with over fifty brands, and so I got a lot of connections in the fashion industry. And some of the brands I worked with have made their own watches, and some have been successful, and some have not. And uh, so I reached out to some uh, designers and talked to them about the process they had around it, and didn't get that much uh, answers pretty much because people don't want to help you out when you're trying to compete pretty much. Right. Uh, and also I reached out to, um, yeah, the, the woman who designed the, the salmon leather bags, but I didn't receive a reply from her either. So I had to research salmon leather straps, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came across uh, her factory because I read up on uh, her story in the newspaper. But I didn't see like their website was pretty poor. And uh, yeah, I didn't get a good impression from the factory. So I kept looking and uh came across the one on Iceland and it's, yeah, it just uh, seemed right. You get, you got to trust your gut pretty much. And once you get a good feeling, then yeah, go for it. And, uh, yeah, for the watch factories, I think I approached like 20, 25 and then, uh, factories and then just gotta, yeah, trust your gut and see, see which ones seem the most professional for me. Like I flew to, China where uh, the watches are produced and uh, I talked to uh, two factories and two distribution companies and saw the factories, saw the, how the labor was going and mm-hmm. that everything was good. And then, uh, yeah, uh, I, I saw that some of them worked with uh, bigger brands that uh, I was familiar with, with their quality of work and uh just got a really good feeling from uh, the factory that I work with and I've been super happy since uh, I started working with them and got treated really well and uh, the watches are really good so I'm very excited to yeah it, yeah it, it's been it could have been a lot worse like the process <laughs> right right no it sounds like you uh well, well it's funny I have a thing where I, when, with my clients where I'm, I'm constantly telling them that they have to think like a detective. Like, you know, and I think you're going to be my new, uh, my new point person on this where I'm like, go listen to this portion right here because everything you just described is you just, you know, you didn't take no for an answer. You trust your gut. You, you know, you didn't like this one. You went to Google. You just kept digging and digging and digging until you find what you're looking for. And, uh, and that's, that's a skill set. It really is that some people just can't, you know, they just stop. Oh, I, I couldn't find that answer. Next, okay. you know. and I, yeah, I think me, it's uh, it's never been like that. Like, uh, there's been, as I said, it's been a lot of speed bumps along the way. But uh, I've learned that after those speed bumps, there's al- always something good coming out of it. Like, yeah. uh, I, I was going to launch my campaign in uh, January. That was my plan, but I was missing the the movement, which is made in Switzerland, and because of the holidays and it's a custom piece and it had to be, it, it took four months to get it to, to the factory where it's ex- assembled. Right. And, uh, so yeah, I had to postpone my campaign, but at the same time, I, my newsletter went from 150 from the time I was going to launch to 1,100. And I just like kept putting money on, uh, advertising to collect leads. And that's, uh, uh, that converted really well and uh yeah it's been a great part of the success of the campaign like promoting and getting the word out there way before your product gets on kickstarter pretty much yeah. well let's pivot let's let's pivot to yeah. that right now i mean what was you know in terms of you saying you know spending money on advertising leads what were you actually doing i was uh, i was trying to find out where my customers would be like the easiest way to and cheapest way to uh, uh yeah find customers and uh yeah collect leads from them and mm-hmm. uh that pretty much centered up around my hometown of uh, bergen because uh, they're very patri- patriotic right and uh yeah they they love uh Love the Norwegian stuff, so like the salmon leather, like the Bergen is built on trade of fish, so 
and it's the largest uh, salmon capital of the world, like where all the fish trade, biggest uh, corporations within uh, the salmon industry is. So um, I try to like target uh, those with an interest of uh, the specifics that I had in my watch and also a broader audience at the same time. So, uh, and now it's starting to pick up like internationally, but yeah. my focus was to get the Norwegians, get the campaign up to a certain level and then let the international market pick it up and then uh, let it go from there. And, and was that with uh, like Facebook ads? That, that was mostly Facebook ads. Facebook ads, yeah. And, and did you find, and, and I've actually heard this from, from um, you know, some European type campaigns or, or, or your region. Did you have to explain Kickstarter a lot to people or did people, yeah. did you find you get it? <laughs> Uh, like the other day I was, uh, I was called by a billionaire actually <laughs> from, uh, in the salmon industry <laughs> and he, he called me, he's like, Hey, I want uh, 10, 15 watches as uh, gifts for his company. And, uh, I'm like, sure. <laughs> and he, he told me, can you send me an invoice? And I'm like, nah, you gotta do a three Kickstarter. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, yeah, but I, I, I can't understand any of this. And then I told him, okay, yeah, I'll guide you through it on the phone. And then right. I guided him through it. And, uh, I, I think it like he ordered five. He said he wanted 10, 15, but he's probably going to come back for more. I'm going to, sure. I'm going to make sure he, he's oh, yeah. treated really nicely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get the follow up email. <laughs> Yeah, like if yeah, if he wants a lot of gifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, his, whole no company, his whole company needs one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh so so um outside of that in terms of your pre-marketing strategy, what else were you working on in terms of gathering leads and and, and getting people to sign up? Uh I've been working a lot with my social media channels, so like Instagram right now it's 71,000 followers on Instagram. And uh, trying to like get get the word out around the world and create content, but at the same time, it's very difficult to create content when you don't have the watches, which arrived like two weeks before I launched my campaign, pretty much. Right. right. So um, yeah, I built my Instagram account for uh, one and a half uh, year before I launched, and. Uh, it started out with a personal brand Instagram account and it ended up like pivoting <laughs> into, uh, yeah, Berg watches pretty much. Right. So, uh, uh, and yeah, like trying to talk to people in the community, working with, uh, uh, getting, trying to get local, like innovation always, uh, it's owned by the government. They issue uh, like kind of scholarships or funds to mm-hmm. projects they believe in. And it's mostly tech, but I was lucky enough to be uh, picked as one of their projects. And uh, they, they gave me like estimated like $12,000 in uh, the other day to create my website. And so now I'm going to, yeah, find a company who can do that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So yeah. where do you see um, kind of the watch industry going with companies like Apple coming out with digital and, and you know, all the, the tech style watches? What are, you, what are you seeing in terms of, of you know, men fashion and watch fashion? Um, where, where do you uh, see I'm it? I'm seeing like three uh, trends right now. It's, it's uh, the fashion watch market, which is... Uh, focused on like beginner watches people who uh, need uh, dress watches like for your suits and uh, also more like casual uh, I call them beginner watches because like watches is you start collecting like you get hooked so you, you, you can't just have a one watch pretty much everybody starts with one and then they upgrade to a next level thing and then it just the collection grows and they get more and more expensive pretty much. Right. And uh, yeah, so I think there's a high-end market, there's a fashion watch market, and there's also the digital smartwatch market for... Uh, but at the same time, I don't think like the digital smartwatch will replace 
any of the other two because uh, yeah it's very convenient and it does a lot of things but at the same time uh, it doesn't look good like if you're gonna wear a suit and you're wearing a right. uh, yeah, Apple watch or so yeah for I, I think there's a room for all three in the market pretty much yeah, I agree. So how did you, you know, walk us through a little bit, maybe um, how you came up with the goal amount that you, that you decided to go for, for the Kickstarter? Like I spent in a lot of uh, personal savings before, uh, like product uh, development and traveling to visit the factory and traveling yeah, in Iceland and China and Hong Kong. But uh, also when you quit your job, you got to spend some money <laughs> surviving. And right. I pretty much ended up spending like $250 a month after paying bills, which is really, really low, low. If you think like Norway is one of the most expensive countries in the world. Right. right? right. So, yeah. Uh, but like 150,000 was the amount I needed to mass produce it pretty much. So after that, I, if I had to, yeah, live on less than $250, I would still do it. But I was hoping that it would still beat, uh, yeah, beat the goal. And uh, I think it's uh, like getting into a place where you're uncomfortable, where you really feel that you have to push yourself to the next level to, uh, yeah, get your project or... Uh, campaign and whatever you need whatever you need in life to yeah get desperate enough to get there and right. that's kind of what i wanted to do like invest go all in and then uh let the work uh do the magic after that <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome it's, uh, so i was wondering too so like if you if you were sitting down with a first time like designer or manufacturer who was thinking about starting where what would you tell them the first things they need to do are I would uh, figure out like where you want to be in the market pretty much. If you want to be uh, the cheapest uh, in the market, you want to be the best quality product in the market, do you want to have a unique approach to your product? So yeah, find your place in the market and then uh, find out the best way to get there pretty much. Yeah. And, and how about for yourself? Like, like where was... Where and how did you maybe have that conversation with yourself as you're ju- jumping into this? Where do you think this product is right now, or and where do you think your company is going? I think it's gonna go more like it's not gonna go high end, but it's gonna go one price tag probably higher. If you understand what I'm saying, sure, sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I want to like next my next collection will be uh, mechanical movements and. I have a vision for uh, the materials that will be in it, and they will be Norwegian materials from the area I'm from. And then uh, I know this is how it's going to look like and everything. I just uh, need to get the first watch out into the market and build around it and start branding, and then start on the next product after that. So, yeah. So, so what do you what for you right now happens? 15 days from now when the you know the money starts coming in from kickstarter what you know what does that start to do for you what what happens next uh it's about like getting collecting like all the information from all the backers to uh get exact products because with with my watches you're pretty much building your own watch so you decide decide uh, the case color you decide the dial color you decide uh, what straps you want to go with it and from there I just gather all the information and then uh, send it to to the factories and see how much I need of each of uh, the materials created and also I gotta produce uh, some extra to like have to go into uh, yeah brick and mortar stores and right. uh, uh, for the <laughs> websites or uh, yeah e-commerce and uh, also for social media advertising through influencers and uh, others. So, like, all the money that 
Homsaria campaign will definitely go into uh, improving uh, the brand and build the brand. So, so, so you mentioned retail. What what does retail mean in your business right now? Uh, like the brick and mortar stores. Yeah, brick and mortar. Yeah. Like, are you you know, is it just your region there? Are you trying to get one store? Well, I want to. I want to get into like. Uh, around the world but i'm gonna start with scandinavia and i i don't want to get into every store i want to get into the right stores so mm-hmm. I, i'm not looking at getting into watchmaker stores or uh into uh yeah i, I want to find stores that fit my uh fit my product and uh, my vision and that will help build the brand so sure. There's a lot of uh, products that go into stores that it doesn't make sense that the products are in the in those stores. Mm. Even it, the products might be priced uh, at a very low, or me maybe be of a low quality compared to the other products they sell, and it makes no sense for it to be there. Sure. But for me, like I want to have the right balance right there. So, how about shipping? Since your product is is coming from Norway, what does shipping look like, and how are you handling that? Uh, yeah, as, as I said, when I was in Hong Kong, I I met up with a distribution company, and they handle logistics for Skype and other companies, and uh, yeah, they they ship webcams and that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, yeah, they worked. Uh, with a lot of uh, successful crowdfunding campaigns and they've done a lot of uh, big uh, uh, brands that they work with and so I see them as a very professional partner to do do my shipping and uh, fulfillment pretty much so cool. yeah I was yeah because that could be a headache if you're shipping from Norway for everything yeah it's getting, like, getting here to the states <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I had two companies that I met up with when I was in Hong Kong, and uh, yeah, they they were definitely different in uh, the way they handled business. Like the other ones, they responded right away whenever I contacted them. When with the other one, like, oh, we forgot about our meeting with you, and then I'm like, okay, thanks. So, yeah, uh, that kind of stuff. So. You learn as you go. <laughs> you certainly do. So you know. So you've got 15 days to go. The campaign's already successful. You could obviously just hang it up right now and just run out the clock. Uh, I don't think you're going to do that. So what is your <laughs> marketing plan and strategy for the next 15 days to keep this thing, uh, you know, really humming? Uh, I've teamed up with uh, Funded Today, which is a crowdfunding uh, marketing company. So they uh, specialize in. Uh, yeah, I think they're they're the ones who've raised the most for uh, campaigns on Kickstarter. Sure. And uh, they've worked with over 20 watch brands, so they've got a lot of information and data on uh, how to reach the right audience. And uh, so I've teamed teamed up with them, and uh, but I get like focus on the Norwegian uh, market, and they focus on the international market. So I'll, I'll try to get the most out of media coverage and uh, keep up the momentum of uh, the last, let's say, yeah, on Friday, I met with uh, a guy who said he would uh, let me borrow his gal- art gallery because he, he re- really liked the watches and he already bought one and he wanted like for me to showcase it in a showroom. Cool. And so I've invited everybody on my newsletter list on uh, uh, on Facebook and everything to attend, and it will be free free beer, free champagne, and a free, free beer. Sushi. I'll be there. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, you got to get to Bergen. <laughs> I just got to get there. That's all I got to do. <laughs> and and free sushi because it's yeah. a complimentary product oh. of uh, of the salmon leather straps, right? Right. <laughs> So yeah, I've, I made some uh, made some deals there, like sponsor, sponsorship deals, and uh, I think it will be uh, really interesting and hopefully uh, convert some sales as well as uh, getting the word out there to their friends. And yeah, that's cool. So you know, for I guess you personally, you know, where do you see the next five years going for yourself? Uh, probably the states or uh, a big city in Europe. I'm uh, 
trying to figure out where right now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, my goal is to like, I don't want to make any money off of this very fast. I want to build the company. So I want to have uh, somebody I can trust who can uh, do the Scandinavian market. And then uh, I can go over to the US and try to yeah get into the right stores there and maybe uh, a chain or two and then uh, build around that that's cool that's cool big stuff big stuff coming <laughs> sounds like well cool <laughs> well Paul, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your day and out of you know taking time out of the middle of the campaign which is obviously the most busy time to uh to talk about your watches and let my listeners yeah. <laughs> know what you're working on i mean tons of great stuff man it it, it really seems like you've got a really Really unique product that I think a lot of men are going to be totally into. It's awesome, man. Thank you, thank you. They're also for women, though. <laughs> oh, really? You got the women? Women? Is there a women's size there, or are they different sizes? Yeah, it's they come in uh, three sizes. So oh, the thirty-six the millimeter is the female uh, watch size, and uh, yeah, I think that's uh, a lot of people have been confused about that because uh, like seventy percent of my uh, backers are male. So, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I just yeah. put out a photo last night about uh, we did a photo shoot on Friday and put it on. So uh, I got well, a few pounds on there now. Yeah, I apologize <laughs> to the ladies. Ladies, if you're <laughs> so I'm just, you know, it's my bad. My bad. I didn't notice it. But but that's cool, man. That's uh, It's just really, really cool product. I think uh, you're doing something very unique in, in terms of the watch world. That's something I've never seen before. Uh, you caught my eye. So I'm glad we Thank got to so meet much. and talk, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem, man. that conversation with Paul. Lots of awesome stuff. I told you. I think there's a pretty good episode. He did a good job for his first one. And I think I did a pretty good job too for my first episode. Yeah, keeping the joke going. So I'm listening to a song called Beekeeper's Daughter. It was inspired by a Sylvia Plath poem. Um, and actually, I think it's a Sylvia Plath poem. I can't remember what, where we, we started this. Yeah, I think it was a Sylvia Plath poem. And um, I don't know, this this poem has always just meant a lot to me. This song has meant a lot to me. My grandpa was a beekeeper. Um, he, he meant the world to me. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to talk much more over it. I, I think this is an interesting song that we worked on back on the Sugar Roses collection. But uh, all right, guys. Um, all right. I hope you guys enjoyed our uh, episode. And let's uh, talk all on Thursday. Talk later.
Flash, 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 flash.